This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. Aaron Rodgers, I'm told, has received permission to speak with the Jets. According to my sources. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know So I know Diana Rossini was on the uh, morning show on ESPN today, which I thought was very interesting because it came the day after Aaron Rodgers basically tried to rip her a new one, saying that uh, her reporting was inaccurate and not up to speed. And then Rodgers, of course, misrepresented what she actually reported and said. (laughs) Right. So he went after her for not being accurate, and he wasn't accurate and didn't characterize her fairly. I didn't hear the interview. Did they ask her at all about that, about what Rogers had to about say about specifically? her? I, so I didn't go back and listen to the entire thing either, but what you're referencing is that that wish list that Rogers yeah. had of teammates he played with last year in Green Bay being on his interest list going to New York. And, and, and Aaron, you're right. Aaron totally misrepresented what Diana Rossini tweeted, and that is Aaron Rodgers does have a wish list. They talked about it, but but Aaron made it seem like it was written on this piece of paper, and that's how it was reported, which it was not. Because Aaron later admitted, of course I talk glowingly about my guys, right? Why wouldn't I? Well, that's exactly what Diana was reporting. Right. He said, I didn't bring parchment down from the mountain, and I didn't make demands. Well, that's not what she reported. Not at all. So there's Aaron sort of crafting his own narrative. But the big discussion now is the timeline of a trade. Right? And who has leverage? Who's in a power position? All that. I think it can be debated, but my guess is that the Packers are in a better spot because they know who their quarterback is next year. They know who's going to play, and there might be some urgency to get a deal done prior to the draft, if you include this year's draft as part of your compensation package. But the money has to get worked out. The contract likely needs to be restructured. Like, this is not a snap your finger and it's a deal done. There's a lot that's going into this, but clearly the Jets are feeling the pressure. Like, Aaron wants in. He said, I'm in. All I got to do is get the deal worked out. Jets fans have taken that and run with it. Yeah. There's no going back now. I feel like they've had the leverage the past 10 days, but when he spoke yesterday, he clearly gave the Packers the leverage because he told the world, including Jets Brass, that I plan to come to New York. And they don't have a quarterback unless you count the guy that was terrible last year. Yeah, which one, right? Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah. they shoveled Aaron did a. Whether he intended to do it or not, I think he did the Packers a solid yesterday with some of the things he had to say. So yeah. I think he put leverage in their corner. See, guys, I think I could bring a unique perspective to this because I am not a Wisconsin native. I'm a transplant. I've come here recently. And uh, my perspective is as a 49ers fan, it, it doesn't matter who's at the quarterback for Packers. If we see them I on the bracket, this it's going to be a win I in the playoffs. It. I got you. <laughs> uh, Very well done. I, I couldn't resist. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's hard to say you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, So the timeline has to be considered here. Ian Rappaport comments on it. Here's where we are in the Aaron Rodgers situation. I think it is essentially a foregone conclusion that this will happen. Uh, It has not happened yet. I want to be clear. I am not saying it has happened yet. There's been several different reporting false starts in this with everyone thinking it's happening. Momentum, excitement. It has not happened yet. I'm just saying that feels like where it's going, where finally he will be a member of the New York Jets. I know all parties have been in communication. There is a deal to be made here. There is an adjustment to be made to Aaron Rodgers' contract. None of that has happened yet. The hope, though, the hope is that it does end up happening today. Our long national nightmare will be over, and we will begin to focus on Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback for the Jets. Yeah, that ain't happening. It's not happening. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen this week. John, you will be stuck in Rodgers' watch for the rest of your life. <laughs> Could be. Greg, don't leave that chair. Yeah, I brought this up like a month ago. Should we do like a Rogers Watch yeah. segment? And it felt like the right time. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, amazingly, works. we have had new audio to use pretty much every day we have. on the segment, but that is the final piece to the puzzle is the actual trade details to if, be determined. If he's going to play in New York, the most important thing he said yesterday to the Jets Nation was, I'm ready. This is the Packers. And he laid it right there. He didn't want anybody to think, I'm holding this up. Right. This is not me. This is Green Bay digging in their heels, I think was the term that he you used. Know, and, and I think he's accurate in saying that and pointing it out because we all, I think, whether you wanted to associate with the Packers or Jets or not, I think we all pointed it at Aaron Rodgers saying, what's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. I, I figured it was Aaron being indecisive. But it, it turns out he decided, he's now, uh, he's decided last Friday, it's the Jets who are taking, and the Packers almost taking now a week after he said that he committed. Yeah. I it, like that they're digging in their heels. They should. As a Packers fan, good. We're not going to give them away. We're not going to let you just go where you want because we're nice guys. You're under contract. You're a Packer. Midwest nice has its limits. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. does. It is 415 at WTMJ. Uh, what is the dirty dozen and the clean 15? Might not be what you think it is. I'll explain up next. You won't get no dessert till you clean up your plate, so eat it. Don't you tell me you're full, just eat it. There's a new list out put together by the Environmental Working Group. That's a nonprofit environmental health organization. They come up with this list every year, and it's about fruits and vegetables. And uh, do you want to start with the fruits or vegetables that have the most pesticides on them and are worse for you, or that have the least and are the good ones? What do you want to go first, dirty or clean? Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be very disappointed myself at the end of this list. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go dirty. Let's, okay. let's start with the bad news first. Okay. I always like the bad news first. So these are the dirtiest fruits and vegetables, meaning they have the highest percentage of pesticides. And pesticides are inherently not good to consume, right? They're used to kill living organisms, so you don't want them on anything you consume. So the dirtiest. Got guesses? What do you think's on the dirty list? I would guess mushrooms. That's a it, it doesn't it grow in the dirt. I'm gonna say it's uh it's leafy stuff that it can sort of get in the folds and stuff, so like lettuce or cabbage. All right. Are we on the list? Are we uh, even close? Why it's on the list. Yes. Mushrooms are not? No. Well, I guess it's not really pesticides because it's yeah, in the ground. Yeah, you're thinking like E. coli. But it is contamination. dirty. Yeah, mushrooms That's what I was thinking, Greg. That. I thought, I thought we meant literally dirty, so I was thinking you got to wash a yeah. potato, get all the stuff yeah. off. No, this is just pesticides. Okay. So, uh, Wyatt, kale, collard greens, mustard greens, things that are leafy, that is number three. Also on the list, blueberries, green beans, cherries, bell peppers, grapes, apples, nectarines, pears, peaches, and the top two on the dirty list, the most exposure to pesticides are spinach, same kind of idea, and strawberries. Hmm. Oh, no. Part of the reason for strawberries, strawberries is because they use a lot of pesticides to make sure they grow healthy. So you got to wash that stuff. Wash it off. The clean these, and they, they sampled thousands of each of these fruits and vegetables, literally. Bananas? Uh, bananas. Are bananas on the list? Well, it's a thick peel, so you don't have to worry about it's like, the actual it's fruit. It's like shields in Star Trek. So this is very interesting, because they're testing, is when you take the banana off the tree or take the asparagus out of the ground, even if it has a peel, is the peel exposed to pesticides. Right, but I'm not washing or eating the peel. So the banana, you're right, because you peel it and you eat it. But why it's important is on things like avocado or an orange, you may just cut it, and then if you're not washing it before you cut it, it matters that the pesticide's on the outside. Like, if you're cutting orange for your garnish, and you don't wash the orange, which I never do, yep. 
I mean, who washes an orange? Then you cut it. It gets on the knife. And then if you use the knife for something else, it's it. So anyhow, here are the cleanest. The cleanest. Papaya, onions, pineapple, sweet corn, and avocados. Do you guys religiously wash your fruit and vegetables? <laughs> um, I am probably 70% yes, 30% no. Sometimes I see an apple in our little bin and I just grab it and go. Yeah. A lot of times we buy lettuce that's already like triple washed and we're in good shape there. Mushrooms always, 100%. I'm hearing we got to go back to the uh, early COVID thing where we were washing and sanitizing everything that came yeah. in from the grocery store. Maybe that wasn't an overreaction, but was actually the right idea. You're not going to catch COVID, but you are going to eat pesticides. Hmm. Um, I've gotten better about this. I actually have written down here, what about if you buy the lettuce in the bag that says it's triple washed? Because that's what we do, too. It's That's just the lettuce we buy. And Michelle's adamant we still need to wash it. And I say, no, it, sa- it says here it's washed. She says, well, what are we hurting ourselves by washing it? Just wash it. I said, well, I'm impatient, so I don't always wash it. Um, grapes. I- I'm better at it with, like, apples or that sort of the, the fruit you can hold in your hand, like a like the baseball sized. I'm a little worse at it with berries. I forget So sometimes. do you wash the apples before you, or as soon as you get home, before you put them in the fridge or in the fruit bowl, or do you wash them... As you get ready to eat it. As I get ready to eat it. Because it feels, I always feel like it feels a little weird. It's got that wax on it. You got to get it uh, ready for consumption. If it were up to me, I would wash nothing. (laughs) So we had broccoli not that long ago. And I didn't wash the broccoli. And we were eating the broccoli and it felt gritty. And Michelle said, did you wash the broccoli? And so, of course, I said, "Uh, yeah. And she said, no, you didn't. And then there were little grains of, I think it was actually sand or dirt, a little bit in the broccoli. Usually that doesn't seem to be in broccoli. But so I kind of got busted, and she swore, made me swear that I would wash everything from now on, so I do. But I'm bad about washing. And anything with a peel, until I read this, I would never have washed. I would never wash a lemon I wouldn't or a have considered the I wouldn't orange. I still won't. I'll wash a nectarine or a peach. What do you, what do, you do with grapes? Um... If Michelle's eating them with me, I wash them. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I just grab them out of the bag. I grab them out of the bag and I just eat them. Now, the reason I ask is because I, I think you've been known to maybe sample a grape at the grocery store once in a while to see if that's the right bunch for the Mercure household. Now, this is the right thing to do. And, and it's if you not want a, a washed grape. grape, right? No, it's not. And I do sample the grapes because grapes <laughs> have a big variance. You can There's all the bags of green grapes. If I get home and I paid $7 for a bag of grapes and they're sour... I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. That is not right. So how do you know? you got to sample. So I don't, like, handle all the grapes, but I, I do carefully grab a grape and try it to see if I like that bag. <laughs> We're but, revealing all the John Mercury food secrets on the news today. they got little they got little hoses in, like, the spinach section. Just take the grape over there and put it by the, the little hose and idea. clean it off. It's not a bad idea. Is it stealing that I eat a grape? Yes, of course it is, but that's a different story for another time. <laughs> It absolutely is. <laughs> I know the manager of my pick and save. I'm 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 sorry, Natalie, if you're listening. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm going to be banned from the pick and save now. Even if you buy the bunch of grapes, you're paying less per pound because you had one. I know it's a fraction of a penny, but yeah, it's true. That's that's not a good look, is okay. it? Yeah. <laughs> Only if you get caught. I don't know what the answer yeah, is. Yeah. Well, I probably will from now on. I think I've gone me. down a path I shouldn't have. I'm yeah, sorry. That's okay. That you're my friend. Wisconsin's afternoon news on WTMJ.
All right, so I got to admit, I was pretty excited today when I woke up and found out that Chicago-based Vienna beef is going to be the official hot dog for the Brewers. Some beef hot dogs. I mean, really great beef hot dogs. And they're also coming to southeast Wisconsin just in general. They're going to be in the grocery stores. But it got me wondering. So here's what happened. Clements was the official hot dog provider for the American family field for a long time, right? That deal fell through, and then it became Johnsonville. And Johnsonville said, well, we'll do all the sausages out there, but we can't do hot dogs because we don't do hot dogs. I thought to myself, what the hell kind of sausage company can't make a hot dog? Like, who can't make a hot dog? And who doesn't make a hot dog? Is this really true that Johnsonville... De- Adam, you do the research for this show. How, how can Johnsonville not make a hot dog? I have no idea. I mean, I'm at foodservice.johnsonville.com as we sit here looking at a picture of a ketchup-laden beef hot dog it, it's right on, on the, the website. website. It's on the website. What? And in a commercial that was on in this very studio for, for Johnsonville, uh, there was a lot of sausages on a grill, and I saw some that looked suspiciously like hot dogs. Wait, they told us... Hot dogs, it's right here. No, they told us they didn't do hot dogs. I am on the website as well. If you go to the products tab... I'm moving my microphone. Explore our products. Breakfast sausage, grab-and-go hot dogs. It has its own little uh, sub-headline here. Well, why did they tell us they don't do hot dogs? Beef hot dogs, 0% trans fat, dairy-free, no MSG, premium spice blend. Looks delicious. We had Hebrew National Hot Dogs replace the Clements hot dog because we were led to believe Johnsonville didn't do hot dogs. I'm telling you, they do hot dogs. <laughs> well, Someone, why did they tell the us website? They Someone's got to get the ketchup uh... on that hot dog. Uh, it looks good. I thought, well, okay, maybe this well, is they... going to be the differentiation. Li- I do like ketchup on my hot dog, but people eat Chicago-style dogs, they don't put ketchup on it. It's just mustard and relish and those little peppers. I mean, they've got recipe ideas with hot dogs and other sausages. Like it, It's pretty clear that Johnsonville does... Hot dogs. Wyatt, what's, you, you have a journalism degree from one of the best journalism schools in America, Syracuse. What, what is going on here? Well, clearly, we've got to get the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile on the phone. We need to see what the, uh, what every, we've got to get the, all the hot dog competitors of Wisconsin and find out really what's going on. Well, I'm glad the confusion's about to be over because uh, Chicago-based Vienna Beef is coming in with their hot dogs. And for what it's worth from the 773 Chicago area code, Vienna Beef is a huge upgrade over Heber National anyway. Okay. So there we go. I yep. mean, maybe Johnsonville is just the worst. I've had a hot dog at Wrigley. It was good. I've had a Dodger dog. I've, I've toured the uh, the baseball's uh, spectrum of hot dogs before. I'm a little confused here. So there's a hot dog in the sausage race. Yep. What is that hot dog? Unaffiliated. An unaffiliated hot dog. So What does, is that? Is that like, like a generic brand? So the, the racing sausages, there's a hot dog. Yeah, well, I, I guess it was a Hebrew National. Now it's going to be a Vienna Beef. Will do it? they get naming rights for the hot dog? Will the hot dog say Vienna Beef on it somewhere? So will a Vienna Beef hot dog be in the sausage race? Boy, if I'm marketing for Vienna, yeah, I'm pushing for it. For sure. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Right? got to be. It's got to be part of the deal, doesn't pepper. it? You could jazz up that costume. That'd be great. Yeah, a little sport pepper. Some of that really green relish, it, that, that color's not found in nature, but it's found on the hot dog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that'd be good. I, this is the biggest question I have. So, yes, very clearly on the Johnsonville website, right. it shows okay. they have hot dogs as part of their product offerings, along with retail sausages and sausage strips and links and other things. Uh, but I'm more curious about the sausage race. 
All right, we're going to get to the bottom I've, uh, of that. I've actually figured it out. I, I looked it up, uh, and up until uh, probably when they switched the sponsors, it was a uh, Hebrew National-sponsored hot dog in the sausage okay. race. All right. Well, then I hope uh, Vienna Beef got the same deal. Well, if we get a story up, we'll put a link to it on the... Uh, get it? Stop hot-dogging it over there. Just Dang. My bad. Yeah. We'll catch up with that story later. hey all. It is 445 at WTMJ. It is uh, a very important week around here. Multiple sclerosis week, multiple sclerosis awareness week. What is it? What's it all about? And how can you make a difference? That's up next on WTMJ. Multiple sclerosis awareness week. And we're joined in the studio by Mandy Stevenson. She's the senior manager of Walk MS here in Milwaukee. And Jay Saunders, who has multiple sclerosis. So good to have you both here. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having us, John. Thanks for having us. Mandy, i got questions about some of the stuff that's going on in a minute here, but I want to start with a little bit of education about MS. Um, Jay, what is MS? <laughs> um, multiple sclerosis. It is uh, an incurable disease uh, that impacts, for most people, um, it is mostly a uh, disease of the brain. Uh, multiple sclerosis the word it actually means like multiple like scars uh, or lesions on your brain and that is uh, if you when you are diagnosed and you get put in the uh, the fun little MRI machine that's what they're looking for is like literally scars or lesions on your brain so there's no cure for it is there an effective treatment for it lots of them thankfully and as the years have gone by uh, there have been more and more uh, treatments uh, when I was first diagnosed 13 years ago, um, I gave myself an, an injection once a week. And now, uh, thanks to advancements in medicine, I take a pill every day. Um, but this is, but that advancement right there is why there needs to be an MS Awareness Week. That's why there needs to be an MS Awareness Month. Because so many people don't know what MS is, what it does, what it can do, what it can't do. And raising awareness gets us all of these new medications, these new treatments, and hopefully it gets us closer to a cure. So what, uh, what are the risk factors? What Should you get checked? How do you go about finding uh, out that you may, be, may have it? So it varies for pretty much everyone. Um, I know when I, when I went to see a doctor for the first time, it was because I had what I thought was carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, I worked behind a computer all day, and I was having tingling in my arm, and I thought, I must just be carpal tunnel. And then it started going down the right side of my leg. That's when I went to a doctor. That's when they sent me to a neurologist. That's when they put me uh, in, in the MRI tube. And that's what it was for me. A lot of symptoms for people include um, problems with eyesight, problems with balance, um, it, severe headaches at times so it very it really varies per person and that's one of the that's one of the things that makes this disease such you know just such a a a mess because not only you know are the things to check for do they vary by people but symptoms vary by people and there are different types of ms and you know different you know types of ms can impact people in different ways so it's just you know it you know, that's why, you know, we're here. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Mandy, how prevalent is MS in Wisconsin? Do we have numbers or some way of painting the picture? Yeah, we do. So there's 1 million Americans that live with MS across the country. And here in Wisconsin, we have about 24,000 Wisconsinites that live with MS, which is one of the higher rates across the country of MS. 
So Jay was diagnosed as an adult. Is that what usually happens, or are children sometimes diagnosed? Yeah, we are seeing that pediatric MS is becoming a little bit more common, but typically somebody's usually diagnosed between the ages of 20 to 50 is when we see more diagnosis. So it's not curable. Will your medication keep it under control, or will things progress? What usually happens with adults that have MS? So, and again, it, it varies. Um, my medication does a fantastic job uh, keeping it under control. Most days, I don't know that I have MS. Um, there are times where, um, randomly, I can have issues with balance, I can have headaches, I can have that tingling sensation. I have what's called... Um, uh, repeating regret um um, why am i i can't remitting yes relapsing remitting thank you it's hard to get those words out relapsing remitting ms meaning i'll get random attacks at various different times there's another worse condition called progressive ms and that's truly what it sounds like it progresses and you know it can give you you know you'll see you'll see some people in wheelchairs or really difficult difficulty walking. That's because the MS has impacted your spine, which for me, thankfully, it has not, but it can. And it's MS, I call it the great unknown, and, for, and just because of what we're talking about right now. Mandy, is it hereditary? We do not have a link at this time that it's hereditary. We are seeing some links, but there's no proven genetic connection at this time. So tell us about the importance of awareness. Why is it important that we talk about it? It's a relatively low number of people nationally that have it. I mean, it's relative, but why is this so important that we have these discussions? Yeah, like Jay said, every every person manages their MS a little bit differently, and so we need to spread awareness that MS is a possibility, so people go talk to their doctors, if they're feeling tingling in their limbs, if they're having blurred vision. It's something that people need to talk to their doctors about, and we're also working on educating doctors, too, to make sure they're aware of what MS is across the state, too. How important is local funding? Extremely important important. We need all hands on deck. Um, we're really close to a cure, and we can't get there without funding from supporters locally. So one way to obviously support is to go to the website and make a donation. Do you have events that you do each year? Do you have ways that people can do something fun and interesting and also help your, your cause? Yeah, that's a great question. We have our Walk MS event coming up. That's at some the Summerfest grounds on Sunday, May 7th on Walk MS Milwaukee. It's going to be a really great day. We do a one or three mile walk route and there's free registration, no fundraising minimum. It's a really great community event to bring your family out to. And what's the website? It's walkms.org. Walkms.org. So you got diagnosed 13 years ago? Yes. Um, I didn't tell anybody this, but you and I have been friends for 15 or 16 years. Yes. And I had no idea that you <laughs> that you had MS. It's And, and as the years have gone by, um, and I have had this disease with relatively no progression, um, I've become... Uh, more of more, much more of an advocate. Some people like to hide the fact they have MS. Some people like to scream it from the rooftops. Um, I've become more of a scream it from the rooftops person because I feel lucky of where I am today, and I feel that there needs to be awareness, especially in Wisconsin. We have a very high rate in Wisconsin. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't get a lot of sunshine um, six months, six plus months of the year. And one of the things that that I do as part of my daily um, my daily routine is I'm on a very high dose of vitamin D because that yep. is something that helps your immune system. And MS at its core is an autoimmune issue. Jay Saunders and Mandy Stevenson, thank you so much for being here. What's the website? Walkms.org. Walkms.org. Thank you so much. Good luck on your journey and good luck with the walk and all the stuff you do. Check out the cool buildings that are lit up orange.
this week throughout Milwaukee. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, John. Thank you. It is 4.56 at WTMJ.